Get ready for Unriveted Radio on Super Talk 1270. Now, here's Travis Feist and Rob McLeod. Welcome back, everyone, to a, another edition of Unriveted, a Dakota Customs original podcast. I'm your host, Travis Feist, and with me, as always, my co-host, Rob McLeod. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. Yes. We had a slight hiatus due to, what, guests? A couple guests weren't able to join us. And, so. Yeah, and it's kind of the nature of the beast, I guess, doing this for a while, that it's hard to get a schedule for everybody to be able to uh, make podcasts and everybody's got a bunch of stuff going on. So, But we're still going to get RJ in here, though. So it may not be today, but we will get him in here. And we visited with him before, but he's always a good guy to sit really, and BS. And really done, insightful. Yeah, and we've done some more work with him already, so we'd like to get his input on some of the recent projects that we've worked on for him. Maybe uh, would that be the one to do the, the whiskey cast with? It could be, you know, we should, we should look into that. That might be a good one to, to push that one. Maybe, uh, expand our horizons. Yeah. It's a good idea. We should think about that. I know he's a whiskey guy. Yeah. I, uh, I asked him what he picked up something, did something. I think it was like after the work week or something like that. Friday afternoon. I was like, uh, he started talking about what he's drinking. He picked whiskey. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's my kind of guy then. Yeah, who doesn't like whiskey? Yeah, right. So speaking of that, so I got these new glasses, dude. I don't know if I'm getting – trying to get used to these things. I don't know if they're – It's like that <laughs> I showed you last night. Yeah. Dude, that's funny. <laughs> Seinfeld. Yeah. So it's not that I'm getting older. It's, I, I think it's from all the welding, but I'm trying to get used to these glasses, and I don't know. It's at that point where without them, it's weird, and with them, it's – weird is so it i don't like, know is it like what you're seeing you're trying to get used to or like them being on your face well no i'm i won't but i'm just saying no i'm it's not because i wear safety glasses yeah, so that yeah. doesn't bother me but okay. it's just getting used to like the purpose of them and how they work so i don't like i said it's weird because without them i struggle a little bit but having them on they're they're clear but i still struggle definitely so like i can only look you in the eye for like 10 to 12 seconds, then I got to look away because I feel like you're, I don't know, you're just intimidating. Is it that bad? No, you're just intimidating. Oh, snap. As, as, as heck. Okay. And then when you got the glasses on, it's like, all right, there's kind of like a medium there and I can just feed, well, next, feed you down. Yeah, next time we talk, I'll put shades on and it'll be all right. No, then I can't trust you. That's true too. Yeah. Well, speaking of age, um, Mr. Rob McLeod. Big Don't. three, big three, two today. Something like that. Yeah, it is that yeah. actually. Big yeah. happy birthday! Big shout out Thank to you. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you feel older? I don't know. You don't. Um, you shaved. You I, got a haircut. You yeah. look young. I uh, kind of trying to make up the difference a little bit, but uh, I've always had this um, kind of mentality when I turned twenty six. I always told myself I was 30 at the age of 26, so now when I hit 30, I kept on telling myself that I'm 35, and I, uh, one of my good buddies, Jordan Horner, he was on the phone. Um, I got him on the phone yesterday to come spray our weeds, and it was his birthday yesterday, and I was like, what are you, 33? He's like, no, I'm 34, man. I was like, dude, just hearing him say 34, I was like, dang. 
what, two years is just like completely changed. 34, man. <laughs> like that's almost 35. So then yeah. when I get to 35, it's like then, almost then, 40. Then I got to start thinking I'm 40. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when, when you talk, when you hit 40, it's a life changer. Just telling you from. Okay. Is what I've heard. It's yeah. not from experience. It's just what I've heard. But you yeah. know, it's crazy we'll when you see grow. It. We'll just yeah. Yeah, when you grow up, you look forward to being eighteen, and when you're eighteen, you look forward to being twenty-one, and then when you're twenty-one, you're just like, yeah, I can't wait to be thirty. When you're thirty, you're like, I can't wait to be twenty-five, and then when you're thirty-five, I can't wait to be you know twenty-five again, and then forty, you're like, oh, I can't wait to be twenty-eight again. Then you keep going backwards instead of going the other way, but. So I think it was a little bit easier, more justifiable when I was like 25 and 26. It's like, all right, I'm 25, 26. I was working in oil fields, had a bunch of money, a bunch of things. And uh, now I've still got some nice things, <laughs> spent all that money for sure. Yep. And uh, now it's like, but I, now I've been six years older on top of that and I got less. Yep. But it, there's just all material things that don't, I mean, I, you know, and, um, mentally and, you know, as far as just, I don't know. I don't even want to say spiritually, but like I, I feel great. Yeah, uh, well, that's good. Where you look good. Yeah, yeah, you look good, Rob. Yeah, yeah. And which is crazy. Well, which is Everybody, crazy because bringing up my looks. Yeah. Well, yeah. run with it. Yeah. <laughs> Walk with it. Walk with it. So I know too. In what a couple of weeks, I I'm gonna be turning 36. So I can't wait. Now that's old. Yeah. I feel 36. old, yeah, but it's the cards you were dealt, so play the hand. Yeah, to the best of your abilities. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of moving on, I know uh, just like anything, like always, you know, it seems like we're a broken record, and I hate being like that, but, you know, we are busy. We do have a lot of things going on. Um, the projects keep coming in. We actually, you know, we were talking a few podcast ago about the holy grail of the uh, Merc coming in we got that deal they came up yep they toured our place nice couple yeah um we're gonna be doing a roadster shot or no we're gonna be doing a scott's, scott's chassis. chassis on that one and we showed them one that we had in at the shop for another customer and they liked everything about it but we nailed that job and i can't wait to dig my hands into that but that was a good day to uh to visit with them and get them to come through our shop and tour it. So glad even we nailed that like, one. Even before we just, even when that car arrives, it's going to be exciting. Even when the chassis arrives, it's just going to be, I mean, we, we try to treat each project like it's, um, even playing field, mm-hmm. you know, we, we take into consideration, put forth all the effort. Um, but this one is just, it's, nothing to do with us it's just gonna have a little bit different vibe about it for sure yeah and i think a lot of it is of it too that you know we we do all kinds of sorts of different projects at the shop and it's never repetitive it's never the same thing and i I think think, that's the thing that i actually love about it but i think when it's different because for me i get excited for every new project that comes through my door it's regardless what it is it's i it's i i get excited i really do it's It's like like christmas for me every day even though it's not my gift but it's how well can you execute it it or like how can you you know how is your vision going to turn out for this in Mm -hmm. big or small so and i think honestly i know i know before my time with you you did a what was you did a mercury a marauder right yeah but that's 
no, that was no. But I was what I was thinking was like so. We've done a few tea buckets and some of the small body um, early year cars. Well, a 49 Mercury, that was like, that's what kicked off big body cars. I mean, you had, um, you know, like Rolls Royces and, and um, Duesenbergs. Those were like big body cars back in like the 20s. But like mm-hmm. full sheet metal, wraparound fenders, um so that whole fifties era. Yeah, that. and that's what really there that car transitioned not only the automobile industry, but it really um the hot rod industry. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people were bootlegging in them cars and stuff like that. And well, they were bootlegging for years prior to that. But yeah, I but think that's what that was like peak of bootlegging because yeah. man, they were I think with the whole 50s era, you know, that really is what started the whole lead sled kind of era on, you know, the doing like the chops and the the sectioning. And I think that's where those bodies in that era is what that really took off just because of the way those cars were designed. But the thing that's nice and what's unique about it is I've had such a passion for the Mercs for years. I mean, it's always been... You know, like I said, that's my personal holy grail that someday, you know, it's on my bucket list that I will, if I build one or own one or whatever, but I will have one before the day I die. And I think that now having, and I've never, I mean, I've been to car shows and this is what's kind of weird or crazy, but as many car shows as I've been to and that I've attended to Barrett Jackson auctions that I've been to, when I go there, it's, it's crazy, but I get ideas. So I... I go there to get inspiration and I get ideas and stuff, but honestly, deep down inside, I'm like, am I going to see a Merc? Am I going to see a Merc? Because you don't see a lot of them like you do like a lot of other hot rods and classics. So for me, it's almost like, it's like, a, I, it's almost like a needle in a haystack for me when going to these car shows because I'm, I'm there to look, but I'm also there to find that one unique car. And it's always like, I always have it on my mind to find a Merc because I have such a love for these these cars. So now when you have one coming through my shop, it's, it's just like, it's different for me. And it's not that I treat it any different, but because I have such a love and passion for these cars, it just puts that little extra splice on there. And we're putting it on the ground. Yes. It's even better. Yeah. It just kind of elevates the whole thing. Cause it's like, now, I mean the, the, Entirety would be well. It is chopped already, isn't it? It's only got a little chopped yeah. to it, but it's not major, like completely raked and like with yeah. a three-inch side window. But I mean, it's 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 chopped a it's, little bit, but it's, it's still going to be a clean. It's crazy car. on those um those big-bodied cars. You got so much roof line to work with that each chop could be varied. Oh yeah, you know, and that's where like um. God, who's that old buck that was chopping cars? Gene Winfield. Gene Winfield. He's a legend. Oh, probably the godfather. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's... Um, and he... I've, I've seen multiple um, coupes that he's done, and he's... He's... he's the same car, but he's varied the chop so differently that they look like two different cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's very – he's a guy to be admired, that's for sure. And with the tooling <clears throat> that he had to work with just – To do it back in the day. Just to have the – you know, if there's – really, if there's a will, there's a way mm-hmm. type of mentality on, on getting them cars cut up. Right. And so with that too, which is 
So yesterday we had a um, a pretty good friend of mine, Bob Cooper, came into the store. And uh, for you, if you guys know him or not, but he's a super great guy. He's well-known around town. And every once in a while he likes to stop in just to see what we got going on. And, and um, you know, we visit just a little bit. And he's kind of tied to, and you know, we we haven't been able to talk about this because we were told that it was kind of like a top secret deal, but I think now that it's out, but so we were doing, uh, we're building this 77 scout traveler. to traveler. Yep. So it's the extended version of a, of a regular scout. Mm-hmm. And this thing was in horrible shape when it came into our doors. I mean, this thing was, it was not only, sitting outside with no yeah, top on it. For not only was it rusted out, but it was also, lived a hard life before it started rusting out. So, right. Um, but it was um, it was used for why they had it. It was... Right. Um, so I think was, the story behind it, if I remember right, they, uh, the owner, husband and wife, they went and they had a... Mopar. It? Yeah, I think it was a, a Mopar. They had an early 70s Mopar. And they traded that in for a tractor because they needed it for the farm. And they at the started time, farming essentially with a Mopar, which is kind of, I think is cool. Yeah. So, and at the time for their um, promotion, I think, I don't know if it was, was it, I can't remember what brand name. International. It, it, well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I was trying to think of what tractor, like what model tractor. Farm, it was. Well, probably, but, I'm yeah. sure. So they went there and their promotional thing was, is if you buy the tractor, you get the scout for free yeah, like was, that's yeah. their part of their deal so they got the scout with the purchase of the tractor so this scout has been in their family it's got history behind it and it's um, kind of funny like seeing like once we tore that scout down and seeing how simple that is it's like they almost built that just to push tractors because they knew that like and it's like they're it's very like simple they're simple yeah it's just like <laughs> Yeah, it's straight up workhorse, and that's yeah. about it. So they had the scout, and the the top is a one piece, and the top's been off of this thing for like 17, 18 years, something like that. So it's full of not only dirt, but like animal feces, mold. I mean, this thing has basically it, whatever it substances that could decay a vehicle decayed this this truck yeah so we got the scout in and we were told to keep it on the dl because she was going to build it for um a surprise for some yeah her kids and grandkids if i recall correctly and uh so down the road um bob cooper is actually friends with this individual so not only does he come in to visit with us but he pops his head in to check on the scout that we're working on and uh this thing is, it's pretty cool. Like I've I've been excited because you don't see a lot of scouts, and you just still Not and then from here. there you don't see a lot of travelers. No, and um, we're kind of putting our our little touch on it, and even I think it's cool because something tells me if if something would ever happen to the original owners if they didn't want it that I think. Bob Cooper like his eyes light up every time he sees this he digs thing. It. Yeah, he, this thing is he cool. doesn't show much emotion no so but but you can tell because he gets fidgety when he gets when he likes something he gets fidgety (laughs) so he was fidgety yeah but he's he's checking that thing out hard yeah so you know it's nice that we can be able to talk about this scout and what we went through 
um, the sheet metal work. Um, this thing, this thing was beyond repaired to be honest with you, but it had memories. And, um, so we, we did what we could and we got that thing back looking really thing, darn there's good. There's not even primer on that thing and it looks good. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's sitting right. Um, and it's, you know, it, the gapping is perfect on it. Mm-hmm. Um, as it should be, because there's not a lot of, um, I guess, uh, body line intersection points on it. Right. You know, it's just the the, the truck is so long, um, but it's just like even the body lines itself with no gaps, just the the contours of the panels are they're they're so straight. Yeah. And they're they're re- it's really it's really sexy because the lines are so long mm-hmm. that it just it stands out yeah and they're simple but they have such meaning behind them yeah, and yeah. like i think uh when me you and bob were talking i was like so this is going from an absolute mule to you know a a, a prize a prize winning show mm-hmm. pony you yeah know? And it'll definitely turn heads once it's done and yeah. out driving around. But yep. it's, I like I like the direction cool, of that thing. Yeah, that thing is cool, and it's it's crazy to see, you know, in in this industry, and and it's not even just the scout, but you know, for as many cars as we've done and and tore apart and reworked and everything, this is probably I want to say it's probably the worst. But man, they did not put any effort into getting things to fit good. On that, I mean, they literally threw those things together. Yeah, it's without like, any. It's like they built them because they knew they're going to give them away. They yeah. built it to sell implements. Yeah, so it did take us a lot of work to get those gaps and everything to fit good. But it it's crazy when you actually do stuff like that. How it just ties everything together and makes that vehicle stand out even more. That makes sense, kind of in a way. Because if you were to take that vehicle and just assemble it like how it was. Even what like with us that we did to the suspension and stuff, I don't feel like it's going to have the same reaction now that all the panels actually line up and intersect together and line up the way they're supposed to. I think it just takes it and makes that truck stand out that much more. Well, right, um, and that's can be said about any vehicle that we do because you know I have to explain this to the customers a lot because they're. A lot of times spending, you know, 400% over what that car cost in new, 400 mm-hmm. to 500% more. I'll just think about that. It should be better than well, when absolutely. it rolled off the assembly line. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, it's, but it's cool to see, um, and some, some eyes just don't catch it, but car guys, um, when they look at a car and they just, They'll appreciate notice it. the the panel positioning and just it the car is um I don't know it's like on steroids you mm-hmm. know it's just it's optimal mm-hmm. and front to back and what's nice and again especially like to that scout you can make you know we made subtle changes if that makes sense that you know we didn't we didn't build a concept vehicle by any means here but we made subtle little changes but those subtle changes made a huge statement yeah this on is that scout probably like so um we most projects we do we do i'd say i don't know 15 to 25 percent of it custom from original this one probably one of the more original mm-hmm. projects that um 
that we, we we kept some of the originality with it. Maybe that that GTX. I mean, that was pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, the GTX we did was pretty um, close to how it was new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just we we know how we like to see things done, and I don't know. You seems like the customer never was like, "Oh, I wish you never did that." I've never heard that. They mm-hmm. always appreciate it. But it takes a lot of experience to know how to massage a car right. and, and do those little things. But I think a lot of it, too, it's it's the trust that, you know, it's sometimes you got to step in and just say, hey, just this is what I yeah. would do. But it's tasteful. And, and again, yeah, you're right. Nobody's ever said no or they li- didn't like it. And um, but sometimes I, I just, I don't know, I connect with the customer and I just get on their wavelength and I just kind of figure it out but it's always been for the positive yeah i kind of just i kind of just hit a nerve with me because you said you connect with the customer you're like so you had no input on that sporty we just did which no. female, female owned and she left it all up to me and she loved it mm-hmm. but what does that say about me you're not too shabby at it well yeah yeah it's, <laughs> oh yeah i can set up a sporty for a chick yeah well hey what <laughs> You nailed it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah she loved that thing. But. Yeah. Well, I figured you could handle that. It was a pretty simple build. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. But it would be nice to be included on all builds that come through my shop. <laughs> hey, you got stuff uh, done, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know. That um, that trailer, though. Yeah, that. Um, that, you, like, for the scale of it, that's I'd be proud. Yeah. That's um, sick. Even yeah. Bob said that thing is, yeah. For an old vintage uh, motorcycle trailer, that thing turned out pretty cool. And it's, uh, I think like once I seen the bike, I'm like, oh, I got it built. You know, right away, it's like in my head, I could figure it out. And the owner <laughs> came in and, and, you know, and that's the thing too. It's if being, and I've been doing this again, yeah, for 20 some years, but Man, I'm telling you, it's crazy how many different reactions you get from your customers. Like you'll get ones that come in, they'll smile, you they're they don't say much, and then you get ones that come in and like they hit the lottery, you know. And Ken was one of them, boy. Yeah. He he walked in and we had that trailer covered up by the blanket and we pulled it off and he just like he was like a he was like a contestant on prices, right? Like he just won he the won. jackpot. Like yeah. he just was so he couldn't believe the transformation that we did on that trailer and how beautiful and just nice and how it you know and how you know you and the thing that was nice about that too that made me feel good is like i knew the detail like okay like we're going to do this to replica this part of the bike we're going to do this to replica the bike we're going to do this and a lot of times sometimes you have to explain that to a customer for them to be like oh yeah okay see i get it you know and stuff like that but with ken it's like as soon as i started talking about he picked up on all the detail yeah he he is um great guy um, couple things. So he's a very energetic person, but when he, I, so our, we have a window right next to where the customers walk out. And so I could see the customers walk out and he was just grinning from ear to ear, shaking his head, like still like in awe. And like, that was like, that was cool. And then ooh, when we were, had the trailer in front of us, he's like, he's like, yeah, I, I had this thing repainted, um, at a different, body shop and it was just it was nowhere near it was basically just mm-hmm. um a color change mm-hmm. and he told me what he paid for that and for what we did 
we weren't far off from what he paid 20 years ago to have that thing redone. Well, and yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's, what's nice when you can get customers that come in and, you know, they purchase a new bike and they said, Hey, just, I'm giving you this, just, I'm putting it trust in your hand, but I want it, just make it look cool and try to match my bike. Like they're, you know, it's like they expect, but you know, his expectations, you know, they were like, just do a nice, good job. Like he, he wasn't like specific on nothing, but he knew like, no matter what we did, it's going to look nice. And he was cool with it. And we just took it to the whole next level and made it one of a kind and unique. And he absolutely just, like I said, he just loved it. hard under promised and way over delivered, Mm -hmm. which is nice. And you know, it, it shows customers that, um, that we're efficient at providing that type of quality. I mean, Someone else could probably produce that trailer mm-hmm. for probably double the price. True. You know? Yeah. So um, so not only do we – I'm not trying to sound like a greasy salesman here, but it, it – it, you know, say say someone is talking to Ken about that trailer, like, yeah, it looks nice, but how much did that cost you? And then Ken's going to say is, uh, it was reasonable. It was yeah. good. So that's, that's like um, a win-win for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just like anything that – if it's a trailer, car, or a – females, motorcycle, anything. It doesn't matter. But the fact is, is when you leave there, no matter what the bill is, if you walk out that door and you're like, you know what? I feel like I got my money's worth. If it was a $5 or, you know, 300,000. Ken it, was probably like, man, I probably ripped them guys off because that thing looks good. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's all that matters at the end of the day is the customer left. He was satisfied. He was happy. And yeah. he felt like he got his every penny's worth. And that's, that's how you get to look at it. It doesn't matter the dollar amount. It's, and, if it was justifiable and the customer felt like their money was invested properly into their investment. It was it was uh it was a win 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 because we also from a cust from a company standpoint, we also did good on that job too. Yeah. So um it's definitely in the customer world, not all jobs go like that. So mm-hmm. um you gotta appreciate it when it does happen. So um yeah, that was really nice, uh leaving the office or shop. Friday with uh everybody happy. Yeah. yeah. No, it was uh it was a it was a good deal. So yeah, it was good to see Ken come in here and look at that trailer. So we'll have to pull some pictures when we get get the bike and the trailer together and get it hitched up and we'll uh do a do a post on that and sold that thing off. But yeah, it was uh that was cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Then we got the big dually back. Yeah, that, that brand is, new one that to continue. Transforming. Yeah, the most cocky tow rig I've ever seen. You know, and it's weird after seeing that. So we lifted that Denali, that with that nine inch lift, that black one that we did for Ross, and that truck is big. I mean, it's it's big for up here for what in North Dakota. You know, that, yeah, it's a big. I was truck. actually cruising back it, from my my haircut. I just when I seen Ross driving, I was like, that truck. It makes a statement on the road for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he stopped in today to um, visit, and we did a little bit of work for him. But it's crazy. So you see that truck, and driving it, like, it's big. But when you go to this brand-new 350 Dually, and we didn't do a 9-inch in this thing. We did a four-and-a-half. This thing is big. It's big. That's why, <laughs> like, when you first got the lift in it, and I was like, my chin is at the bedroom. I know. And it's, I was like, 
for a four inch lift and even like, you know, I'm, I'm tall Yeah, and I'm standing next to it. And I just like the other day I got in it, moved it ahead so we could get vehicles in the shop. And I just said to myself, like, God dang, this thing is big. Like it's just a big truck. Well, even our trucks, we have the same truck and all we did was put leveling kits on and they're huge. Yeah. Um, them, them aluminum duty Fords, they just, they're big trucks. They're big trucks when they're stock. Yeah. So that dually is just, that thing's going to be mean when we're done, but it it's, is. I'm excited to see. We're, we're kind of at the, I mean, it was pretty exciting when the lift and wheels and tires got put on, but now to see all the paint matching and just all the little things that are going to make that truck, um, that and dude, then see that thing hook up to a trailer, like oh man, like that's 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 my thing is like just like badass rigs going yeah. down the road, you know? Yeah, you know, and you know, it's, it's like you're almost like Pete status. You yeah, know? you know, and that's funny you should say that, but I remember so way back in a day when this was probably in the early two thousands, we were getting ready. So this was story time. So we were getting ready for the Fourth of July parade at that time and i had my um black i had that chevy dually that one that i sold to doll but it was yeah. a crew cab i can't remember it was like a 96 97 if i remember right short box dually that i i think it was like a five seven or four six drop in that thing put wheels on it and stuff so i had that truck and then a buddy of mine randy he yep. had that 44 foot uh, wedge trailer, that car hauler. Okay, yeah. So I took that, hooked onto it, and then we built him that 2000 and God, I'm trying to think what his excursion with the the 38s underneath it and a six inch lift. Well, then on display, I had a 44 inch tall swamper that I used to have in my showroom. So we, four of us, in the in the forklift, took that forty four. We put it on his safari rack on top of his excursion. We took the excursion and drove it up on top of, of the wedge trailer. The wedge trailer up on top, like the first vehicle. Yeah. And then the second one we had, I think at the time, I think it was my Jeez. brother's yellow Mustang that we had done up. So okay. that was on there. And then on the back, I didn't have my Chevelle then, but I was like, what did we put? Oh, I had my Tahoe, my okay. lefty Tahoe. So you had so that, three rigs. On, well, the Mustang was so short, oh. so that we tucked up in there, and then oh, you, I put my Tahoe in the very back of that thing, and that's what we rolled through on the parade, and everybody dude, talked about that because yeah, it was three was just, custom cars. Just like, and then that excursion was so tall, plus that forty-four on top of the safari. I mean, this thing. How did you squeeze through the lights? Well, I, had, I couldn't. I, well, I was going swerving in between the two. Oh, really? going down. Yeah, dude, it was. That's gnarly. My, like my knuckles were so white, oh, I but bet, yeah. People were talking about that thing for so many years about, you know, that we rolled through with this big, long, you know, convoy of these decked out vehicles on that wedge trailer. And so I can about imagine, you know, when you see, when you see a cool rig pulling a trailer with cool rigs on it, it's just, it's a whole different kind of a statement. Yeah. No, that, uh, that dually is going to be, um, I've been, well, it's. You know, sometimes these deals get drug out. Um, on this particular one, where it's a brand new truck, literally the window sticker is still on it, mm-hmm. and so they were having some some freight issues getting it out of the factory um, to us. Um, so the buildup for this has been about well four to five months now. Mm-hmm. 
um, probably even six months since I really got um, propositioned with the build. And uh, so sometimes, like, the the, the buildup just over that period of time can kind of, like, set the bar too high just uh, unintentionally. But I don't feel like that's the case with this one. I feel like this one's going to be, yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be sick. And it's crazy to say, but it's not going to be, I mean, this thing is going to make a statement, but it's not so ridiculously outdone. It's still clean and tasteful, but it's definitely a statement. Yeah, it's um, like both, like, so Ross's truck, we can call that a show truck. Mm-hmm. This is a straight up, this is what he wants to do all his heavy hauling with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just started up uh, an equipment or a, um, a dirt working company. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be hauling some heavy machinery. He's going to be hauling all his side-by-sides. Um, he's going to be pulling his, his 40-foot enclosed with this thing. And um, that's why this is being built. But it's still going to be, like, in the same caliber as that Denali we did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a classy toe pig for yeah. sure. Well, we did that Dually for Ernesto. Was That was last summer. We did that black brand new yeah. uh, GMC Denali yeah. dually. We lifted it and put wheels and so tires. We had that at a couple car shows. And that, that was last thing, that summer. That thing was big. Yeah, that thing was cool. Yeah. So we um, might have to. We haven't I haven't seen that dually in a while. We might have to get them both together and do a do a picture, but We're, that thing was cool. We're probably doing his wife's Denali next week. Yeah. yeah. We might want to reach out to him and we'll do a picture stuff. with this black one and this white one. That would be a cool picture because they're both tall and they're they're pretty cool rigs. Ernesto, he's funny. He's yeah, he's a solid guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So again, yeah, we got a bunch of projects that you know we got that fifty-five F one hundred. You know, Cato's been you know knocking that thing out of the park. That thing is coming together, and that thing's looking really, really good. The customers just ecstatic about it, you know, because it's finally looking like what his envision always wanted. Yeah, to be. this time around. Yeah, so that's good. You know, we got like I said, we got a lot of good stuff and a lot of big projects happening in our shop right now it's uh so i remember when we first started getting um really busy we were busy but with like i said we'll we'll do it we were busy with like a lot of like lower scale jobs now we're busy with all like super high-end stuff which is um kind of cool that we've gotten to that point um and I don't know if you watched, did you watch that entire video I sent you last night? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. With with Casey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, The video was about Casey Matthew. You may have heard of him from Fast and Loud, but um, he's, he always was doing his his own thing. And then now he's really gotten to a, a pretty prestigious spot in the hot rod industry. Like that 49 pickup is, that thing is cool. Yeah. You know? And, um, so he made a statement to where he has finally gotten to the point to where he scaled his company to where, and I was actually going to talk to you about this in person. <laughs> like, well, well, now's the time. Now's I the guess. time, I yeah. guess. But um, where, and I know Joe Martin has gotten like this too, where he loves going to work every day because he gets to work on vehicles that he wants to work on, mm-hmm. primarily Fords and, you know, Chevy trucks and all that, you know. So it's, 
he he didn't he said he got to a point to where he had he was just rolling projects whatever project came through the door whatever project that people wanted done he was getting done and he had a an uh, just an army of guys and he's like man i there was days where it's like it was just so much that um he kind of lost appreciation and joy for what he mm-hmm. was doing so i feel like and i don't want to say too much here but i feel like if we can get to that point to where we are strictly doing the builds that we want to do the the passion will never leave and that will ultimately end in a great product Mm -hmm. you know well there's always two ways of looking at every scenario you know you like you went from like a twenty thousand square foot shop to like six or eight i think like but he's got it streamlined and he's just like it's to him it's it's enjoyable it's yeah he's not Yeah. yeah It's not chaotic for him anymore. It's more enjoyable where they can focus on a smaller level. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it just. I feel like I said the, too much there. Well, you kind of put me on the spot there. Well, but it's no, kind of. No, but, 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 like, but that was my. Yeah, that but, was my. Like, like, where he was at is, you know, where I'd I, like to be. Yeah. And I agree because as an as a owner, that's what you call growing pains, regardless if it's up or down, you know, and that's where, you know, every year you got to sit back and you look at your business and, and you got to, you know, revamp things and decide and make decisions like that, whatever they may Same be. To fat sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes you have to, because, you know, it's like at the end of the day, regardless, if you decide to go to a 50,000 square foot shop or a 5,000 square foot shop, it's work smarter, not harder. Either and that's which way. either either which way. Yeah. If if going fifty thousand and hiring way more employees, if that is your decision and that's what your business needs to work smarter or not. Because now again, let me put throw it to you this way. You take Dave Kindig. Do you think Dave Kindig could go down from his thirty what is it? I think he's got like thirty thousand, thirty five thousand square foot shop maybe to a six thousand square foot shop? Absolutely it, not. There's it no would way. never that's work. Not, never that's work. That's not how that but he he probably never grew his business to that point with that in mind. Absolutely. So it you have to take in consideration, just like Joe Martin too. Like you know, they're not. I I can't say they're not on the same caliber, but I'm saying they they both are in. They they both have their way of doing things. Let's just put it that way, because they're they're all good at what they do. It's just each each guy has their own different way of of doing things. So it's hard to say that way, but I do have to agree. Like there's days, you know, and, and just kind of like when I. When I started up this business, dude, I was doing oil changes on ATVs. I was doing tire changes. I was working on side-by-sides, doing mechanical work on them. And you know what? I hated it. I yeah. hated it. it. It wasn't enjoyable for me. So I had to sit back and be like, is this what I want to do? Do I want to change, do tire repairs and brake jobs on four-wheelers? Or do I want to get into something else? And I made that you, transition. You started the business. You started... The, the it, it wasn't the business that you wanted to start. No, but you have to start somewhere, and then once the you, when, yeah, and then once you get that wheel rolling, and and every little bit you can trim fat and re restructure, 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 and and but everybody is different, you know. It's, each each guy, you know, that may work for him, but I do agree. Sometimes 
you know, I sit back and I, I think of both scenarios and, you know, and, and it's kind of like if you took a sheet of paper and you wrote down pros and cons to both avenues, they both make sense, but it's, you know, you just, it's however you want to execute it. You know, it's almost like I kind of related to like, you know, the nature of the ocean. Like everybody, when they start a business, they kind of start out with a calm sea and, but they, you know, you're, you're paddling. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to get going. You're, you're not catching any waves. Right. And um, so then you'll catch a few waves. You'll catch a four, a couple four to six foot waves. And then it's like, okay, okay. And then the waves get to 10 to 12 feet. It's like, all right, I'm good. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. rolling. There's nothing that can stop me down. Then it's like the tidal waves come in and they just keep repeatedly crashing. That's when you get so busy. It's like, then it's like, do you do you get off the board, you know, mm-hmm. or what do you, do you, um, you got to change direction, you know? Yeah. And, and you just got to do what works for you. You know, you take people like, like Matt Hotch, you know, he was a huge bike builder back in the day. The dude was brilliant. You know, a guy could build some cool stuff, you know, and I'm a big fan of Matt Hotch and he builds cars now, but you know what? He builds one or two at a time and that's it. He's got a small, I think his shop yeah, is like, like 3000 square feet, 2,500. That Steve Shope, yeah, I believe they. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's the same thing too. You know, it, you know, you look at Paul Junior. Same thing too. You know, his operation is small, and it's, but that's what works for them. And if yeah. if that's, you know, if we got to a point, and and a lot of it is too is, it's not because of going big is the answer, but sometimes too is, when you have a car sitting in there, and let's just say, okay, hey. We've got this car in, this customer wants to, let's just say, pro touring roadster shop chassis. Well, that's 12 to 20 weeks out. What are you going to do while that car is 12, 20 weeks out? Well, we have to bring another project in yeah. to fulfill. We have overhead to pay for it. Well, now that car wants, he wants a, a chassis. Well, this one wants a custom built motor. Well, that takes time. Well, next thing you know, that just like where we are, now you have 12, 15 projects going on because- over half of them, you may be waiting on big items that takes time to get in, you know. And you never, hey, if we get to a point where I'm sitting on a million dollar profit in a bank, hey, maybe we'll sit back and be like, well, we can tinker on our own stuff until these parts come in because yeah. we can afford to, yeah. but we we can't. So we got, you know, and if just like what they said, That'll you know, be next year. Okay, that works. <laughs> that works. But you know that's what they say. If if you know if there's if there's food, let's put it on the table. And that's yeah. just I say. I think, sometimes um, I think that gets me in trouble. Yeah, because no, we're we're still at the point where we still. Um, I'm hungry. Our, our table's gotten bigger. Yeah, too. and I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, so it's um, like there's more seats at the table. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, but also I was gonna ask this to you as far as when, um, kind of keeping some. What's the word I'm looking for? Some specialness. What's some prestige? Keeping some prestige to the vehicles that we put out. So I'm going to ask you this. But you don't think we do, though? I mean, you don't think when people come to our shop that we take every job that is – we're starting to nitpick and and pick – Yeah, and I'm I'm not even talking about, like, within our shop. But say you go to a car show and – there is one $300,000 Joe Martin build, and there's 10 
$300,000 Kindig builds. Right. They kind of lose some prestige because now that guy's got a Kindig build. That guy's got a Kindig build. That guy's got a Kindig build. I got a Joe Martin build. Well, you got to be careful on that deal because I can guarantee you they're even, both it, but, beautiful cars. Yeah, but you got to know it too. Is even though there's ten Kindig cars, I guarantee you they're still prestigiously done. Oh, each. there's no. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm saying. They're still there's, so it's there's not no apples to apples. There's no how. This is how I would put it. If that's how you were going to rephrase this, if you went to a bike show and let's just say now let's go back fifteen years, okay. You went to a bike show. Let's say you went to Donnie Smith's bike show, like yeah. just for say, yep. and you walked in, and there was, there was ten Orange County Chopper bikes. They're manufactured that, that they sold with a VIN number. Ten other Orange County Orange County Chopper bikes sitting there, and then you have that one Joe Martin bike. Okay, now like I said, at their status, fifteen years ago when the custom bike world was still kind of hot. Let's just say twenty years ago. That's probably more irrelevant. And you see those Orange County Chopper bikes sitting there, the ones that you can buy from, like, not have them built, but the ones that you can purchase. Yeah, they're they're all Orange County Chopper bikes. Hey, look, I got an Orange County Chopper bike all sitting here. But then you got that one Joe Martin bike there. Who's who's do you think it's going to hold more value? The Joe Martin bike. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. But you can't say with Dave, because Dave builds high I mean he's stuff. yeah and you can take 10 of his cars and you go to a car show and you, and he brings two to four cars to the car show and you can go there and those four cars are completely different and unique and like he still builds pretty cool stuff yeah and you can have you can have a Kindiga car next to three other Kindiga cars and you can still be a proud peacock because yours is rarely uniquely different from the next other can dig at cars that it's he, he's definitely his, the way done he built. a good job of not producing cookie cutter customs right um and people could easily say that he has but he hasn't yeah because he has like they are assembled yeah you know they're not they're 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 handcrafted but still they're <laughs> well it's like those corvettes that he builds so they're they're all they're all the same car but he puts a special touches in each in one each to one, the yeah. customer. Yeah. But they're all, and I don't say cookie cutter because people get offended with that. They're the same exterior shell, but he puts his interior and color touches on them. But we'll see, see how that's those what is genius it. about him is he has found a way to create them like in, with the same procedure, but still make them be very different from mm-hmm. each other. And, yeah. and that's, I, and that's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's the thing too. It's, I, I think I enjoy what we do because every car that comes in, it's a, it's a fresh, you know, it's a whole new slate, whole new canvas, get to start from scratch, something different, something new, not just taking that same thing off the shelf and then just repainting it a different color. No, it's, we get to start all over from scratch. And that's, I think what I really appreciate. And I think that's what I really like. Yeah. It keeps it, um, keeps a guy 
motivated that we're not just doing paint jobs or mm-hmm. we're not just um, doing LS swaps. Um, like it takes the monotony out of it. It definitely keeps a guy on his toes too. Yeah, it does. You know, and that's what, uh, um, you know, I'm going to accept any challenge that gets presented to us. And that's what, you know, it's, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. something it has, its, it has its moments, right, Amy? Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> but you know, we, we get asked a lot of, I mean, we get hit up quite a bit on project stuff. I mean, even even to farm equipment stuff, I've had guys come in about making custom fenders for yeah. farm machinery and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, I'd love to take on everything, but it's it's never. I mean, it's every day you just you get asked the weirdest, strangest questions, and people come to us for a lot of things, and some of it we can, and some of it we can't. It's just it isn't. It's not feasible. You know, I've done a got enough jobs out the door to where I can easily say with no matter what people present to us, 95% of the time I say yes. Um, and the other 5% of the time where I say no, it's strictly because it's not cost effective. Yeah. You know, which is cool. Um, but it's a double-edged sword as well. Yeah, it can be. But yeah. So stay tuned for that. We'll pull some pictures on our, our project stuff that we got going on. Uh, we'll keep, you know, with that duly. And hopefully we can get RJ here on our show here soon to visit with him. But meanwhile, don't forget, check us out on our website. We got YouTube video um, on our Facebook, All Dakota Customs. Um, and then also don't forget to every Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning, um, you can listen to our podcast live if you don't listen to it on the social media on 1270 AM. And that's every Saturday at 10 o'clock. And again, if there's any questions or comments on our podcast or, or anything you want us to talk about, please drop us a comment on our messenger or on our website. And uh, we will answer them on our podcast. So until then, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Unriveted Radio. Also available on demand with the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Download in the App Store or Google Play today. Unriveted Radio, presented by Dakota Customs, a full-service custom garage on the Strip in Mandan.